I was just uh, using the stats like from my emotions. Not yeah, okay. The, Emotional yeah. stats. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I don't have the advanced team splits from Basketball Reference. I mean, come on. Jeez. That's why I'm going to stats.nba.com. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Get me all excited when you talk like that. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna I'm gonna start the show. <laughs> or should we stop the show, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcasts. This is episode 422. Company from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to talk about the imminent return of Victor Oladipo, and uh, we're going to highlight some of the Pacers' defensive struggles. All that, plus we'll have a stat of the week, and we are going to answer an undergoogleable. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatable? Shout out to uh, Papa Triplett. Just had a birthday uh, celebrating. I have no idea how many years of kicking butt and taking names. That's uh, all he does. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday. Shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? It is Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon and do any shopping, a small percentage of your purchase goes back to us and helps support what we do. Gentlemen, we've been waiting for this news for about a year. Uh, Victor Oladipo is coming back and will be playing professional basketball for the Pacers uh, January 29th, I believe, is the, the, the date of return. It'll be at home against the Bulls. The um, uh, Bulls. Yeah, I think he was looking. It's nice, you know, just to, you know, come in against a softer team and then, uh, you know, get into some real competition later. Um, <laughs> shout out to the chairman. How you doing? Um. But yeah, he's he's coming back. You know, we don't know. We don't know, you know, if he's coming right in the starting lineup. We don't know how many minutes a game he's going to be getting right away. 
Uh, we don't know a lot of things about this, but he is going to be back on the floor. Um, I'm excited about this. It's going to change. Of course, it's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change the lineup. It's going to change uh, the level of excitement. Um, it's a good time, you know, for this to happen too. You know, it's it's uh, you know, of course, we're always looking to to make a good playoff run, and uh, this should give him, you know, some time to get reacclimated to professional basketball because, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a big difference. Uh, you know, from the practice floor to the NBA, uh, uh, you know, playoff court. Um, what do you guys? What do you guys think about this, Colson? I know uh, you're a big fan of uh, of Oladipo, but what's uh, what kind of changes are going to happen um, that we know of, and and you know, sort of speculation on lineup changes and all that sort of good stuff. Well, I agree with you, Joe, that um, this is the right time. I mean, I think I had predicted that this would happen at the end of December. Um, I would have, I wanted him back in time for this uh, this Western road swing that we're about to go on and help us through that. But on some level, um, it's you know, this man hasn't played professional basketball for a year. <clears throat> um, let's go out and um, win or lose those games as we may, and then come back and. Um, this is enough time before the uh, All-Star break to get some momentum. Um, this is also enough time to integrate a key player. Um, you're right. I don't know how they're, how they're going to ease him in, if he's gonna, if they're going to restrict minutes or bring him off the bench. Um, but what I have been hearing um, is that they weren't going to bring him back until he was a 1,000% ready. They're not going to bring him back at, at mm. 98%. And so I assume that when he starts, he will be starting – um, in that starting lineup and playing the full minutes that we want him to play. Um, there might be a few days or uh, a few games where that's not the case, but I think this is going to happen pretty quickly. Um, it creates a ton of opportunity. Um, I, when we drafted Malcolm Brogdon, or not drafted, when we traded for Malcolm Brogdon, I believed that we this backcourt had a chance to be special. Um, they both have size. They both can handle the ball. They both can shoot. Um I've become even more excited about that since seeing Malcolm Brogdon play on this team. Um, He seems like a perfect match with Oladipo, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, I think there's other opportunities. I think um, this can be an opportunity to highlight uh, more pick and rolls um, with uh, with, uh, Oladipo and Miles Turner and maybe start to engage uh, Miles Turner in ways that he's not been uh, being sort of a fifth option on offense so I think there's a lot of opportunities there I also we also got to remember that this guy is an uh, all-NBA player um, and he's an all-defensive player Um, he's an all-star player this guy is going to be the most important offense and most uh, important defensive player on this team has been gone for a year and he's about to return there will be adjustments, but this is a very exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that that's the main point is that uh, I'm super happy for Oladipo. Um, you know, he's a competitive guy, and and to you know, I've you know play my sports at a very, very, very low level compared to Oladipo. But it's always a bummer if you're injured and you can't play for a while. Like that's a hard thing to do. Um, and you know, he's been taking us his time and it's been frustrating as a pacer fan because and and concerning because you know you want him back and and every time they delay or give a a wishy-washy evaluation of his progress you just get concerned 
especially with this injury, because this injury is not common. And right. you just fear that, you know, complications from the recovery could, you know, not be great. You know, I'm you know, I'm sure that Oladipo is psychologically um, still getting used to using his body in the ways that he used to use it. And I know that I, for the first week or two, I'm going to cringe every time he you makes know, a cut. cuts or yeah. yeah, does anything or falls to the floor or anything or like fouled. that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, getting through those stretches, I think will be good. I, it will be interesting to, you know, to, you know, Colson, you said, do you think they'll bring him back and put him in the starting lineup right away and give him all the minutes, uh, in the world? I, I think maybe they'll be a little bit more cautious with it. Um, Do you think more than for the first few games or first couple weeks? No, I okay. think they might. I think I, they'll I'm, be. I'm I think they'll be you. cautious up until the All Star break, basically, yeah. okay. and then fair enough. Uh, hopefully, his body will respond as we expect, and uh, he'll be fine. But just especially soft tissue injuries like this, um, you know, fatigue is a thing that can. Uh, cause further injury. So I think that you want to be careful with extra, that. extra cautious. Extra I, ca- hey, look, extra I'm cautious, fine with right. this because we're, but I, we're talking about our franchise, right? Like right. we don't need to, this isn't about this season. This is about next four or five or six, right? That's right. But I do agree. I think that the, the right play is to put him straight into the starting lineup yeah. and have him closing games and get that. What is going to be your crunch time lineup, right? Because you're in this, minutes deficit uh with that between the Oladipo injury and the Brogdon injury the more minutes you can get that five man group on the floor together earlier the better that you know those five guys Brogdon Oladipo Warren Turner and Sabonis have never been on a basketball court together that's correct on the same team which is crazy Actually, I've never been on a basketball court together, I would imagine, in <laughs> yeah. the NBA. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. And so getting those guys comfortable with one another, with the system, with what everybody likes to do, is uh, crucial to the uh, success for this team in the second half of the season and in, in the playoffs, um, assuming that we continue to stay in a playoff trajectory here which I don't see why we wouldn't, but yeah. I, I think, I, you know, I'm really excited about this because I feel like there's nothing but positives, but Joe, I think there's probably some negatives here, and, and I I, I want to get your read on this. Uh, you you said to me uh, yesterday when we were hanging out that TJ Warren is like your new favorite player. You love him. You think he's playing great. Oladipo coming back means that Warren's going to see less minutes. It means that he's going to get less shot opportunities. Um, you know, are you concerned that that's going to hurt his confidence or it's going to affect the, you know, the chemistry of the team? Um, with TJ Warren, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I feel like Lamb is going to be the one that loses gonna the spark. Yeah, the, he's going to lose his starting minutes for sure. Right. And, uh, I mean, he's been, you know, Warren's had great games. Um, and I, he just doesn't strike to me, he doesn't strike me as the type of player that, if he's not the focus of the game, you know, there's a problem. You know, he's not a number one guy, I don't think, but he's been super useful. He's been playing really well. Um, and like I said, I don't feel his temperament is 
I feel like he wants to win. In fact, so um, one thing was we we talked about. Um, or actually, we didn't talk about last show. Um, there was an interview with David West when the Pacers were in Charlotte, and West was uh, attending the game. And, and T.J. Warren is um, West is Warren's mentor, and um, which you know they're, they're, cool. they talk yeah. all the time. Yeah, which is super cool. I guess uh, Warren was in his. Uh, AAU program that that uh, West uh, runs, and um, the discussion, um, part of the discussion, which which was one thing that was cool was uh, um, basically everything West said about the Pacers was uh, was was very positive, and um, that's a good thing. Which was mm-hmm. nice. Shout you know, out D West, which was surprising. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just because of the way he left, and and you know, being upset with the organization, but. I mean, one thing I thought about that maybe was that his his issue was with Bird, and Bird is not running the show anymore. Um, but Warren had talked to him about you know coming to Indy and what to expect if he, if he did, and and one was to say, look, this is a this is a winning culture. It's a winning organization, and um, you know Warren, I guess he'd said like I, I've never play, I've never played for like that. Uh, you know, Phoenix is not like that. And so you know, and West told him, "You're going to have to defend and play your role and play defense." Yeah, yeah. And so he's done those things. He's not just saying, "Look, no, no, no. I'm just an offensive guy." You know, he's not. He can't do that. He's not, you know, a dominating player enough to do that. Where so he's he's done the things he needed to do. He wants to win. That's my point. Is like he wants to win games. Like that's one of the reasons he came to Indiana. So. I don't think you know Warren wants to do what he needs to do to win the so game. So you you think if he loses four or five shots and three or four minutes a game, he's going to be all right? Yeah, I mean he he can we can see we've seen he can contribute defensively, no problem. For sure, mm-hmm. he's a fine passer, um, and he seems you know, to have the right just, attitude. He's sort of the silent assassin, yeah. like outside oh, of yeah. the Chicago game where he you know went off on Butler. He's been very quiet. He's been very. Um, you know, he's just kind of the guy that that hits a shot that you don't think is going to go in. Like he's an incredible scorer. Yeah, he's been just to me. He's just a very solid all around player. He's been more than we um, than all of us expected. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So I, he's he's. I'm not worried about. Okay, him. all right. You know, I think someone like Lamb though. I don't. You know, I think that could be detrimental to him because he's a. He's definitely going to. You know, he loses starting position. He's going to lose a lot of minutes, and I don't. I don't know how he responds, you know, to those things happening. Well, you know? well here's here's my immediate response to that. I think that I, you know, just been watching, uh, you know, with Brogdon out, um, Aaron Holiday's been playing a lot of minutes, and he's been playing starting point guard minutes, uh, and then he goes to the backup two guard um, with the um, bench, and I really feel like. Uh, McConnell and Aaron Holiday's chemistry in that backcourt has been phenomenal. Um, hmm. They both They're on, on the court chemistry. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For sure. okay. <laughs> and maybe off the court. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't okay. spend much time with them outside of the uh, ball game. But uh, the way that McConnell just uh, handles the ball, moves around, um, is always looking for the open guy. The way that Aaron Holiday is ready to shoot when he gets it, um, but is also a willing passer. Um, they're both um, they both play really hard and they both space the floor and there's just a lot of movement when the two of the guys are in the backcourt. Um, 
I don't think I want to break that up. I think that that's a devastating backcourt on my bench coming off of, you know, an even more devastating, uh, you know, backcourt that may be, um, you know, maybe a top two or three or four backcourt in the league with a, you know, uh, Brogdon and, and Oladipo. I, I'm just really pleased with that chemistry, um, which makes, uh, in my mind, Lamb the, th- the three spot. Because I just don't think you can break up that Aaron Holiday McConnell chemistry, um, and that means McDermott's maybe a four, and that means Justin Holiday doesn't get minutes, or mm-hmm. you know, um, or you or you're playing super small um, with Justin Holiday at five. Um, but normally they you play get away with that. Yeah, normally you play. Wait, did you say Holiday at, Justin Holiday at five? Yeah, I mean normally they're playing. Um, that's not going to happen. Either Sabonis or Miles Turner in that second unit, or they bring in Gaga for or Gaga, uh, Goga for um, five. Gaga for Goga. Yeah, exactly. For five to eight minutes a game to give a little bit of that. Um, <clears throat> so I just don't know if you know. You feel like Justin Holiday is going to lose minutes, and he's been such a glue guy uh, for this team. So I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made, and. In my mind, Lamb is probably the sixth most talented player on this team, but maybe the eighth or ninth most important. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, I sort of agree with you that the the way that Aaron Holiday has been playing, you can't keep him off the floor. And I also think that the way that T.J. McConnell plays is critical to how this team succeeds so our bench unit is actually very good this year and i attribute a lot of that to the play of tj mcconnell coming in changing the pace creating things um you know there are many other factors i mean the fact that um sabonis plays with that bench unit a lot helps uh the fact that mcbuckets is a more consistent oh he's uh, been great this season scorer and they look to get him going um is key the fact that Justin Holiday is coming in and shooting the lights out from three-point range, which I don't think anybody expected. And um, doing the little things and connecting with his brother and, and passing weird cross-court passes and stuff. Like, they've just been... Justin's been great. Yeah. Justin's been more than I expected. Yeah. Um, in my mind, unfortunately, I think that Holiday, Justin Holiday is probably the odd man out oh. in this rotation. Um Though I don't think he, that means he won't see the floor, if you know what I mean. I mean, he's a very good defender. Uh, McMillan and Burke and the entire coaching staff love defense. Um, So they're going to utilize him, especially, you know, you can imagine situations where, uh, and they do this quite often, I guess, you put McBuckets out there and if he misses his first couple shots and he doesn't have it going, which happens every now and then, they usually quickly sub him out. And put, um, you know, probably Justin Holiday in this case, and I think it will be interesting. I I like the idea of running this small lineup with either Holiday or um, and McDermott at four. So a uh, McConnell Holiday, Aaron Holiday, uh, Lamb, Lamb at three, McDermott and uh, uh, Sabonis lineup that can be kind of lethal. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I was watching. Was it? I guess it was a Chicago game, and um, 
they were running it was not clear to me who was running the two three four or five you know Mm -hmm. Uh, we had aaron holiday in on the bench and then it was just like a bunch of forwards (laughs) so i mean Mm -hmm. we are taking some risks on uh the way we're we're dealing with uh you know um our bench unit and if they feel like they've got it going like let them run um you know i can't remember exactly who it was but it was you know it was it was like is is justin holiday playing two right now you know one of those sort of questions Mm. um so um i think there is some flexibility in this unit but you know lamb came to this team knowing he was going to be the sixth man right that's why he took Mm -hmm. the the job he knew that was going to be the case he knew he was going to you know play in the starting lineup until uh oladipo got back so i think he's emotionally ready for this change um but um having him filter into this second unit that has been playing very well is going to be important because he's he can be a ball stopper and um what i've really enjoyed about um you know the holiday mcconnell backcourt um the way they move the ball and mcdermott is constantly moving off the ball and the way that justin is selfless um, you know, I do worry that that will interrupt a little bit of what that second unit is trying to do. Hmm. I don't really see Lamb as a ball stepper. You know, so I'm, I'm curious to hear about this more. I mean, I feel like he will do things where he creates shots on his own, but I think my impression of that is that the times that he does that is out of necessity. Okay. It's the team's having a hard time getting a shot and he's like, okay, somebody has got to get a shot. So I'm going to do it. Um, a la TJ Warren. TJ Warren does that as well, sure. right? No, I agree. Um, and I think that in the flow of an offense, he moves the ball quite well. So I okay. think that he'll fit in just fine. Okay, it? good. I, I look forward to kind of keeping an eye on that uh, as we mm-hmm. move forward. Because, um, I, you know, I, I, I really do think there's a good culture on this team. I don't think there's a lot of guys that are just trying to stop the ball. Um, you know, I don't want to root for everybody. Um, and even occasionally a ball stopper is not a bad thing. Like uh, Jalen Rose was a ball stopper and he's in my top 25 paces of all time. So, you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it, it destroys an offense. Um, sometimes it's essential, as you said, to somebody's got to put the ball in the bucket. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how that unit runs. And it's been frustrating that enough people have been injured that you can't even try that that out. Right. Because if you right. had a full unit, you probably could run this lineup and see what it looks like. Um, but with you know, um, yeah, at least for a few minutes. Yeah, game. exactly. With but with Brogdon out and Lamb in and out and you know Turner in and out and then and now it's a bonus. So like it's just been it's been a lot of injuries. And the fact that where we're at, we should be very happy. Um, <clears throat> we're not quite on pace where we were last year, um, but you got to remember last year we had a f- fully healthy Oladipo until a, a, around you know a couple weeks from now. So right. So along those lines, this may be a moot point because this team has been battling injuries all year. That might just continue to be the case. The guys are in and out of the lineup, and we're going to be plugging and playing all year, right? I mean, I Brogdon um, might just be a guy. This that season way. <laughs> seems to be the kind of player that has a nagging injury and is going to miss. A, a game here or there. Oladipo, you could imagine that they, though they haven't discussed this, they're going to manage his minutes coming back. Maybe he doesn't play back-to-backs. Maybe he, you know, they rest him every third game or something like that just to keep him fresh. Joey's eyes just got so sad when you said that. Mm. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's the nature of the NBA. I mean, guys get injured. That's why, 
that's why this is a good problem to have. Like when you have too many guys and you can't so find minutes depth. on the floor, yeah. like it's it, it's a hard problem, but it's a good problem, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I. There's so much to be said with uh, the chemistry on the floor, right? You need five guys that trust each other, uh, and they're willing to go to war for each other, and they're willing to sacrifice themselves for it. And and I we we've seen a bunch of that. This seems to be a really good culture on this team this year. There's, you know, I can't remember the the preseason predictions, but people weren't having us in the playoffs, right? And um, this is this is a team that's uh, playing its way. Uh, not just into the playoffs, but potentially into the the uh, home court advantage of the playoffs, and um, I think that should go to, um, you know, to coaching staff and to um, uh, the players themselves that have bought into um, this system. So um, shout out! I've I've been really pleased. I don't think we're where we're supposed to be yet, but. Um, and I think there's going to be an adjustment period with Oladipo. Like, as we said, like a lot of things are going to change. A lot of things are going to get better, but a lot of people are going to have to take, make sacrifices and that's going to take some time. So, hmm. but I mean, you want to have a guy that, you know, led the league in steals two years ago, back on your team. That'd be nice. You know, I have a guy who, well, you know, has over and over hit clutch shots for you. And just to have his enthusiasm, I mean, we oh. talked in, in Monday's show about sort of the, uh, we're in sort of the dog days here, uh, you know, leading up to the, the all-star break. Sometimes it's hard to get up for every game, but Oladipo is one of these guys that, you know, he hits that reset button every day and he, um, you know, brings a joie de basketball to the arena every night and gets people ready to play. And hopefully that, you know, assuages these nights where you, the team comes out completely flat. Him just returning in general is going to give a enthusiasm boost, I think, to both his teammates and the crowd, you know? Like this yeah, crowd no, I think hasn't you're gonna, watched yeah. Oladipo play for a year. And so. I think you're going to get some more butts in the seats, too, you know? And mm. um, and, and that's going to help the energy of the, the home team. Yeah, no, there's there's nothing but positives from him coming back. There are some domino effects, but I, you know, and, and you know, I think if everybody falls in line, this is going to be nothing but positive. Mm-hmm. Come back soon. Actually, we know when you're coming back. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> come back when you come said it's an estimated um, thing. It's not a guarantee. No, right. 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 I mean, that's he told somebody it's the 29th, but yeah, we don't. We're not gonna. That's the date that he's targeting for his comeback. Right. But the yeah, fact, exactly. the very fact that he is willing to come out publicly means that there's like a window, right. and he is gonna come back. No right? one's been allowed to say a date for a year, so it's really nice that he was able to say a date. Yeah, if if, he, if he's off by a couple games, whatever, nothing changes. I mean, you'll throw a tantrum, but whatever. Yeah, but that's expected. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I heard it from the TV. And if the TV told me, it must be true. Hmm. Chisel it in stone. You know. You know what? Uh, definitely don't. Uh, if you hear it from a podcast, believe it's true, though. Uh, we just make once. this shit up. Uh, just remember <laughs> that. Um. All right. Oh, let's take a let's take a quick break. Um. And uh, this guy's weeks. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This uh, you you get me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this week, uh, we got a track from uh, Indianapolis hip hop group Native Sun. Uh, got to check them out uh, this past weekend. Playing at the Mousetrap. Really? Um, so, good news. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes, but their uh, album is uh, available on Bandcamp for free. What? Mm. So, and you saw these guys live, out. like two blocks from your house. You're so cool, yeah. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a it was a, it was a good show. So, uh, check it out. You can listen to the whole thing, uh, get the whole album for free. Um, and they got a new album coming out here. Uh, pretty soon. Check it out. No hesitation, no stutter step. These the rhymes I wrote while my grandmother slept. See, she put me on the game right before she left. I loved her to death, but the cancer in her breast, see, it took her from me. It left a void. I was only 12 years old, just a boy. And now as a man, I stand for many things, fall for nothing. I let some people chill in the scenes. And since I came to well with you, would you rather I leave? That's my mode of operation on this road to be king. You see, I like to be seen, but I love to be heard. I don't want to lose nobody on every single word cause every single verb is a piece of the puzzle hip hop has been locked down with a leash and a muzzle but I roam free I'm like yeah after 9 minutes product of the real to keep the mass in 9 gimmicks what's up where I'm coming from so you can see it where I'm coming from and you can hear it where I'm coming from but you can feel it come on I'm trying to show y'all 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 where I'm coming from so you can see it where I'm coming from you can hear it, where I'm coming from, but you can feel it, come on, I'm trying to show y'all, where I'm coming from, so you can see it, where I'm coming from, and you can hear it, where I'm coming from, but you can feel it, come on, I'm trying to show y'all, 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 where I'm coming from, so you can see it, where I'm coming from, and you can hear it, where I'm coming from. Intimidation? Y'all must be kidding me Cause when it comes to doing this, we the epitome That real music, baby, that real fusion The three-dimensional styles, huh, with no illusion Yeah, and no conclusion, we open-ended Become a fan of this premium, we blend it Look, no demographic, I do this for white and brown I've been passing out tips like a pack of black and mouse As I walk around the maze Rhyming heavily like Frank Beverly for days Or weeks, or years It's no surprise I didn't We are back from the break Make sure to check the show notes if you want to download that album if you dug it. And uh, go, go see these guys out at a show around town if you're an indie. Uh, next up, my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week! So these numbers coming from the underperforming Atlanta Hawks. But it's a good story. Uh, Trey Young, known as the guy who can drop whatever 50 points kind of at will is doing some other things uh very cool off the court uh and one thing he did recently was he canceled more than one million dollars of medical debt in atlanta Mm. uh through his uh uh his um nonprofit that he's got um so yeah some of these things like the the uh the debts like this that go to collections, you know, a lot of times they're they'll take less money. Uh, so it actually only paid ten thousand um, dollars, but he wiped out over a million dollars in medical debt uh, for people around Atlanta. Um, 
which is freaking awesome. Yeah. So the the people that were struggling, you know, their their medical debt will be erased, and uh, you know they can get back to their lives and stop being hounded by all these people. Um, you know, that's something he can afford to do, and he he's uh, doing some fantastic work for his community. So shout out Trey Young. <laughs> out out. Colson, you have a counterpoint. Do you think this uh this is uh, a problem in, in in this world, or do you yeah. think this is okay? Yeah, no. I mean, of course, I dislike everything positive. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Play some defense, Trey Young. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh, that's... I didn't need to go there. No, it was fair though. That's fair. They <laughs> <laughs> can't play. You can't play defense when he's busy dropping fifty. I mean, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to figure it out. I mean, he they made he single handedly won that game against us uh, two weeks ago by, you know, just scoring thirty in the first half. That helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll do that. But maybe maybe offense is defense. You know what I'm saying? No, Joey doesn't know what I'm saying. Offense is defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you jumped over a shark at some point. Um, I mean, I, I think that's what the Pacers have discovered, right? Uh, play offense, mm-hmm. automatic mm-hmm. defense. So offense is the new defense? Yeah. Is that what you're... Okay. That's right. Orange okay. is the new black. Yeah. That's what the kids are doing these days. That's right. All right. Um... We got a undegoogable. Oh, are we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. I think this one, uh, this has been nagging me for the last... Uh, every year of my life. Mm. Every year of your life. So you've been well, you've been worried about the. So you waited forty years to find out the answer to this. Yeah, but I never bothered to look it up. Okay, well that's it that's was, what it was. The the genius of undegoogable. Well, he couldn't look it up. It was undegoogable. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. It lived in that uh, that place in my life. It's something that I'm interested in knowing, but uh, didn't do any effort. <laughs> <laughs> That's like like your marriage. Your I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth, Colson. She didn't listen What's to the this question? show. It's fine. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the question? Oh, um, so what's up with the tooth fairy? Huh? What, what? Say what? What's up with the tooth fairy? Why do we have a tooth fairy? What's going on? Like, does that make any sense? Tooth fairy. Yeah, it's a magical thing that comes and takes children's teeth and gives Leaves them money. money. But parents have to do it. Wait, what? Um, uh, actually, should we spoiler alert for this? If young children are in the car, <laughs> it's a little bit late for that now, buddy. <laughs> so, um, I was I was with an old friend um, who was explaining to me that um, she um, they'd had a. Uh, a kid lose a tooth and um, she didn't have any cash on her and they were like what do we do and so what they did is they went into the room 
and stole money out of the kid's piggy bank <laughs> mm. to put under the pillow. <laughs> like their style. Yeah, because, you know, what else are they going to do? So the kid that basically gets that money. That kid doesn't have good accounting. <laughs> exactly. Know. Puts right. back in his piggy bank. He's feeling like he's made money. It's his money. So Well um, done. Yeah. Um, it is, it's genius. It is genius. Um, where does the idea of the tooth fairy come from? Is it? I, I assume it's conne- connected to... Um, so the tooth fairy, let's describe the tooth fairy. How do you how do you feel about the tooth fairy? Is it angelic? Does it have big wings? Is it like a little goblin that sneaks into your room? Like, what do you think of the the tooth fairy when you think of the tooth fairy? That's a good question. I, it, for some reason, my impression is a angelic, mm. big thing. white robes. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking of like a tooth angel. Yeah, yeah. tooth angel. Okay. That's I think right. we sort of think of fairies. Uh, they have a little wand and whatever, like magic sparkles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't know where that comes from in my brain though. But yes, that is my impression <laughs> of them. Uh, and then they they come down and they collect Grab the tooth. teeth. For some reason, I feel like there's some part of the legend that is that they use the teeth for something else. Mm. Um, and so since Melting they're using it for something creating, else, you know, they're going to yeah, give evil. you some, some cash for it. And the amount of cash that kids get just goes up way faster than the rate of inflation, I feel like. Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, how much did you get for a tooth? 50, 25 to 50 yeah, cents. Yeah, I was 25 to yeah. 50 cents, I feel like. I never got a dollar bill for it, I don't feel like. It was usually coins. I might have towards the end. I got a dollar. I maybe, don't know, but, but it might have been in quarters. I feel like. Yes. Now, yeah, I never got an actual. Never got yeah, paper bill. dollar. Nowadays, no, you get like five, ten bucks. Me now, now, now the parents wake up and they're like, uh, "I only got a twenty, you know." And yeah. It's like, there you go. Just get, probably Ven- Venmo give me, or give something. Give me some uh, yeah. Bitcoin, kid. Venmo yeah. your kid. <laughs> <laughs> why have we create? Ooh, how do we make that? This is our new job. How do we create a Venmo character that is Tooth Fairy that people could send us money? Mm. That would be um, that we would send send the kids, so it's not their parents sending it to them. And we take so we're like at at Tooth Fairy, at Tooth on, Fairy Venmo. Yeah, on Venmo, and we take like a five percent cut. Okay. This is a really good idea. About cash. This might be Wait. the best plan. You actually, had. this is the best one ever had. I'm not going to put this on the pod. This is actually a really good idea. You don't know how to use Venmo, though. That's the problem. No, but mm. but I had the idea, Joey. Figure it out. Come on. Okay. Copyright that. You're just a idea guy, right? At Tooth Fairy. No, this is great. And we just take the, you know, and we can create whatever we do, the IVBN where you can't track us or whatever. Yeah, that. That's yeah. definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's the IVBN? Can't track us. What is? <laughs> Can't track it. Can't track it. I don't, I don't know where it is. Tell Nobody knows where it is. It's good. Uh, okay, so get I'm back sorry. to the yeah, Okay, so clearly this was the thing that, uh, you know, children go through this quasi-horrific thing where a part of their body falls out. Um just as they're becoming conscious of what's going on in the world. And so you got to calm them down. You got to be justify this in some way. So that's clearly the reason for the legend. Mike, it seems European to me, uh, in the line of Santa and the Easter bunny kind of, uh, so it's gotta be middle ages, something like that. 
All right. So I, I thought we figured we, – we've never done the Easter Bunny, so that'll be uh, – we'll do that in a few months. But when we did Santa, okay. we figured out that, like, Santa was – not middle ages he was uh more recent than that right he mm, was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1800s and then he was popularized by coke Coca-Cola. in the 1920s yeah. or whatever so right. um so he was uh, <coughs> uh european in the 1800s and then and then uh nationalized here in the 1920s based on um money right so so some sort of corporation that advertised him so so my theory is that Tooth Fairy can't necessarily come before Santa, because I feel like Santa is the originator. So here's my theory. Mm. Here's my okay. theory. He's like the godfather. Yes, I feel like Santa's He's the godfather the of the things that people come to your house for and give you weird shit for no reason, right? So, okay. um, but my theory is that it's connected to something pagan because it always is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think there's some weird pagan ritual. Uh, are surrounding teeth where you like bury it and uh, some life creates out of it. So maybe, so maybe as a child you bury your baby teeth in the ground and then a sprite lives because of your sacrifice or something weird. And that mm. lives on in some sort of background and then that gets connected somehow to uh, when did we start being like I know we've had dentists for a long time that pulled people's teeth when did we start becoming dentists that worked about dental hygiene when is that in the modern well, era be, that's like, definitely modern era so like say so um in the uh in the 20th century almost. okay so maybe, maybe uh, yeah, the I, late 19th century or something like that okay so maybe yeah, like 1900 to uh, 1920 industrial revolution sort of thing um, 1875 plus. Yeah. Okay. 1875. Let's say we 1875. We start worrying about oral uh, health care, and that could that could fall in line similarly to Santa stuff. And so somebody's like, I want to make the Santa of of uh, teeth, and it's sort of just a it's a it's a whole ploy. That's my theory. It's just a, like elevator pitch. It's an elevator pitch. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Santa of teeth. Yeah, yeah. I was I was sitting in a movie the other day, and somebody said, uh, you know, I saw this uh, advertisement for underwater, and I was like, elevator pitch, aliens underwater. Like, I'm done. Mm. Right. I haven't seen the movie, but that was the advertisement to me. I I, I would have pitched it that way. This is Santa Claus of teeth. This is that pitch, pitch meeting. Mm. Um, and I assume that that was re- somehow connected to some ancient burying teeth in the ground. This is my theory. Um, anybody have other thoughts? I like that. I wonder if there were other potential uses for baby's teeth. Uh, that seems like something that would be like involved in witchcraft or okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why uh, I was trying to bury the teeth and do something with them. Yeah, I don't know. Like like somehow it's like a you mix it in a potion for rejuvenation or something like that. Like mm. you know, cuz it's a part of a young thing. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But uh do you so, uh, which makes me wonder if it goes back further. No, I idea. think it definitely is yeah. some sort of pagan ritual. It okay. always is the pagan ritual, right? It, it, haven't we learned that? I mean, it's either it's pagans, mm-hmm. uh, it's Shakespeare, or it's uh, falconry, and I feel like this mm-hmm. is none of the above. So, um, I, it's it's pagans. Occasionally, and, Pliny the Elder. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 uh, you know, follow the money. I think was one of our other rules. So I'm mm-hmm. following the money on this one. Uh, 
I think it's dentists trying to make dentistry popular. Just like Coke was trying to make Santa popular. We've got but some Coke weird was fairy. The, okay, I, yeah, but but I don't know. I'm I'm hard. It's hard for me to see the financial link. How do dentists make out in this? Right. Way? How's the dental care world like binding together to make some money off this? You're right. You're right. I'm just. I just. Well, feel I guess like, maybe they're saying like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just gets people more aware of teeth care. Dental hygiene. Yeah. You're right. This doesn't make a All ton right, of sense. I, I, like I, just, that, yeah. I just feel like the Tooth Fairy comes after Santa, and if Santa doesn't really move into the world consciousness till 1800s, mm. I what do you got, Joey? What do you think? Uh, you got you got ideas. Uh, do you feel like it's pagan, Joey, or is it more recent? I mean, I guess I'm I'm kind of feeling like this is, um, parents sort of explaining away. You know, natural body functions. You know, <laughs> it's it's more lies that the children are told. Sure. Uh, to because today's youth are soft. Uh, okay. So they uh, they're given they're given excuses and a little bit of cash. I guess it does make them a little bit excited for that. So this is like and, the modern world. Then ooh, you're saying modern. How world. about this? So oh yeah. How about how about this though? Real quick. Um, if the uh, you know. It also helps the parents account for all the teeth that are, you know, you make sure the kid's not going to swallow it if they, uh... Oh, okay. It, it could be like a safety thing. It's a safety Say, hey. thing. Yeah. It's like, all right, I got a, I got a tooth here. I know you didn't, uh, you didn't swallow or you didn't, uh, but if you're lose in the, it over if you're in the, house. if you're in the middle ages and you got, like, 18 kids, like, you really care, are you really keeping, uh, you know, a teeth count on all your kids? That's just a survival of the fittest situation. Exactly. You if you're care. if the you're kid, choking kid on follows the kid's... a tooth, that's like yeah. yeah, yeah, that's your own fault. Exactly. Kid. Exactly. The one thing I did have so the the idea of giving money for the tooth must be supports the argument that it's a newer uh, phenomenon because I mean disposable income doesn't really exist until the industrial revolution or something right like nobody that, right? gives yeah. their kids anything they make them work in the fields that's what yeah kids and why would for. you just waste that's why you money have like more kids give kid a dime like that's just stupid. right 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 right, right. uh but that it, but the tooth fairy probably goes back before that they probably got other things so all right so we're it, thinking it, it's pagan but it 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 gained popularity after the Industrial Revolution. Yes, this is my theory. But what's the by the American Dental Association? This is my theory. Mm-hmm. But what's the point of a pagan tooth fairy? Like, is she connected to, mm. like, why is teeth important? You're saying it might be witchery or something. Uh, it might be nice to have teeth as a part of a of a spell. I think I think it just goes to what Joey said. It's just a way to assuage children. It's From just swallowing a their own teeth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. Okay. And like, um, yeah, yeah. Because kids I, I have like always that. had their own teeth. They teeth and they have teeth that fall out. Like this has been happening since the dawn of time. Like this is part of how humans. So the tooth fairy's got to be around since the dawn of time, right? Yeah. Other question: Do other are do other animals? I mean, I know like sharks and stuff like that go through Lose teeth several sets of sure. teeth, and elephants go through a couple set of teeth. Like, I think that's so I guess a thing. It's, it's a relatively common thing that. People lose a set of teeth. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Okay. Yeah, I think they just do that all the time in animals. Um, but animals haven't had long enough to come up with the idea of fairies. 
Mm. I mean, they'll do it eventually. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's Evolution, see. What baby. We got here? We'll have dog fairies and cat fairies, elephant fairies. But that's where you draw the line, right? Elephant fairies is where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was trying to think of the biggest mammal I could think of. Oh, I guess that would be a whale. Blue whale fairy. Blue whale fairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teeth are as big as refrigerators. Those are the baby ones, too. Refrigerators, mm-hmm. really? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. That'll be another ungoogle. How big, they, how they, big are They don't have teeth at all. Don't they've got the... No, they, they the, get uh, the krill through the, the, the yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not their teeth. They, like, they strain that. They don't, they don't have teeth. Well, what do they have then? They, have, they strain krill through something. It's like a... Uh, mesh face? It's like a mesh, yeah. No. It's, like a, it's a face teeth. mesh. No, no, no. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> Blue whale. All right. I guess I'll look up Tooth Fairy while you're looking up blue whale teeth. This has gone off the rails as it always does. Yeah, they're like filter features. That's it. Yeah, right there. Filter features. Um, Tooth Fairy history. So, what I'm seeing is it goes back to um, the Norse. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, or the the Eddas, which is the earliest written record of Norse in in your Northern European traditions. Um, there was a tradition of tond fee or tooth fee, which was paid when a child lost their first tooth. Um, during the Middle Ages, other superstitions arose surrounding children's teeth. Uh, in England, for example, children were instructed to burn their baby teeth in order to mm. save the child from hardship in the afterlife. Oh, God. That's a lot of... That's intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Vikings paid children for their teeth. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They were thought to bring good luck in battle. Scandinavian wars hung children's teeth on, on a string around their necks. Fear of witches was another reason to bury or burn teeth. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So this has been going on forever is what you're saying. Yeah. Seems like it. Uh, well, in Northern Europe. It seems like it's a Northern European thing. So we're kind of right on that. Unlike Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny, there are a few details of the Tooth Fairy's appearance that are consistent in various versions of the myth. Uh, in a 1984 study, 70% believed the tooth fairy to be female, 12% believed it to be neither male nor female, and 8% believed it could be either male or female. Uh, yeah, wings, wand. So, uh, the origins are believed to be a cross between two myths. First, the legend of a mouse that sneaks into a child's bedroom and performs the cash-for-teeth swap. A legend that spans uh, everywhere from Russia to Mexico. The second is the typical good fairy, a mainly European figure that crept in uh, its way over the Atlantic. This lore mixed the rise of the Disney in the mid-1960s that became the cultural explosion of the tooth fairy. Um... So the 60s is when she like blew up? In 
according to this site, the 60s is when she took uh, cultural hold in the uh, Americas, but that it, it has pagan history and yeah, I, this is, I'm not sure that I trust that site. Um, oh my goodness. No, the, I'm, I'm seeing this as well. Yeah. Uh, the average per tooth, and this is as of several years ago, uh, it was $3.70 a tooth. Three dollars and seventy cents. Yeah, and that's and this article tooth? is. Yeah, this article is uh, from twenty fourteen. So five years. It's got to be five bucks. Five bucks a tooth now. It might be worth having a kid just for that. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Okay, so this says that uh, um, tooth legends have uh, are prehistory. Uh, but the modern tooth fairy is not until the 1900s where you receive uh, coins under a pillow which makes sense since there probably weren't a lot of people sleeping on pillows mm. with coins laying around this article in salon.com is saying that the uh, um, payment for anything after the first tooth is a distinctly American Oh, so your first tooth you get something, but that. Uh, yeah, I think that's the way it traditionally had been. You get the first one because that's the scariest. They're saying like that's mm-hmm. the scariest one, mm-hmm. so you get a little, a little nice, uh, a nice little bonus for that. But after that, you know what's up. You know how this this goes. I I just um, th- there seems to be rituals all over the world from as long as we can go back. Of tooth sacrifice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, between burying teeth, burning teeth, throwing teeth between your legs. I don't know what that means. Let's dig into that. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of, like, uh, the teeth were thought to be, like, protective. Or if they got in the wrong hands, they would give some sort of power over you. Like, if a witch got your tooth... Then they would have power over you, but then yeah, you don't want to do that. You got to do something else instead. Place your tooth by your bedside, and that would ward off evil spirits, kind of thing. Um. So, so can we agree that I win then? Can we I agree am, that? <laughs> I said it was a pagan idea that blew up at. Uh, uh, I'd like the, to bef- after Santa. I'd like to agree that no one's talked about the 2010 film, The Tooth Fairy, uh, <laughs> uh, starring. Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Ashley Judd. I nobody. Mm. I know nobody wins this game. I don't mean to be. A- yeah, I mean the the thing that I'm not seeing is a uh, capitalist scheme. Oh, there's no dentists uh, in charge of this thing. That's uh, a. It's not something I'm coming across a lot of. Uh, so it's just it's just a Disney scheme, and that's not capitalist. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like a you know bed sizes or something like that. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Um, and then Tooth Fairy 2, it, it stars Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> You've seen so many Tooth Fairy movies, So Jack. good it needed a sequel. I think we nailed it. Also, Coulson, FYI, uh, the, the uh, blue whales, their teeth evolved into the baleen, uh, which strained the... Krill and whatnot, so they have no teeth. 
Oh, so they're not actually teeth? No, that's they evolved into the filter feeder system. So it's just like a, a it's a grill. They just roll around with a grill. Yep, that's where the term came from. Oh. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you learned something, uh, all you children or parents of children or uh, adults with no children. Or whales with teeth. <laughs> whales with or without teeth. <laughs> I got the new stats in from our, our podcast, uh, and, and we're, we're doing really well with the, the whale demographic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, hopefully we'll have the full squad back with you next week. Uh, shout out Harper. Shout out. Until then, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, our website, TheUndebeatables.com. It's a contact form there. You can use it to send us a message. Um, email us. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Wherever you're listening, if you can give us a, a rating or a review that'd be great it helps us it helps new listeners find our show and on our website slash store we've got uh, some medium shirts for sale for our once and always coach bobby Center, now in the hall of fame turn out the lights the party's over okay yep 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 Rodents, and the, the uh, rodents uh, gnaw their teeth down so they don't have to okay. lose teeth. That's sure. It. So, good to know. so rodents don't have a tooth fairy is what we're learning. Hmm. That just rodents got deep. Rodents are the tooth fairy. Oh, yeah. That just got deep. Oh, man, you just blew my mind. Tooth fairies don't have tooth fairies. Like, That's who watches the watchers? Their teeth don't stop right? growing, you know? They steal the all this watchers. other baby teeth. Oh yeah, replace it. I do like the idea of like a little small mouse-sized grubby gremlin like coming and grabbing my tooth and like making something special out of it, or making a wish on it, or turning it to a witch's stew. I like that better. That's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The older I get, the because what I'm going to tell my kids. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We should do. If we should do some experiments and see. You know. <laughs> Just scare the shit out of your kids. Be exactly. like, so these little creepy mouse-sized gremlins are gonna come take the teeth out from under your pillow. They are gonna leave you some money, don't worry. But then they're gonna go like do some experiment on your baby teeth. Yeah, and make they're gonna get stones. magical powers. Right. And then he tells some other kid that like, okay, what you got to do is you got to burn that tooth. Like, right. If you don't burn that tooth, that's right. You're your, gonna be haunted forever by right, some exactly. witch. Right. Exactly. Or just uh, you know chuck this through your legs and see what happens. It's like throwing yeah, salt over your shoulder, that. you know. Was mm. that burn burn them if you got them? I didn't realize that was about teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I strapped on my official uh, podcasting diaper. I'm ready to go.